0: Hey, Matt Harmless here, Pastor at Edgewood. Uh, This is a sermon audio for Luke uh, from November the 15th, 2020. Uh, I want to apologize in advance for the quiet audio. You'll have to pump up the volume in certain parts. I'll hopefully have that fixed by next week. Uh, In the meantime, I hope this is at least listenable and beneficial to you. Thank you for listening. I'm not one to ignore the obvious, so I have to be honest with you right now. We, ha- we are outnumbered, again, Edgewood folks, um, with uh, visitors. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Uh, which is why we had to include our mantra today, we, we're just in case that were to happen. And uh, uh, I, I do want to tell you that this is the part of the sermon where in the notes it says, A Chief Idiot Begins to Speak. And so that's, I knew that was my, my time uh, to talk. Uh, I love that mantra. I believe it in the depths of my being. I'm a complete idiot. But the future is incredibly bright because of what the gospel tells me. It's good news. And anybody can get in on this. It would be ridiculous for me to just try to pretend like this is a Sunday like normal. Um, I can't have, we're not a giant church where I can just pretend like the few visitors are just. Oh, 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 I hadn't caught that you're, no, you're half of us, okay? Um, I can say, as I've been contemplating this, I can say that even with our ones that have been here for, for years, which is very few, um, but those that have been with us for a while, uh, I'm going to go through some thoughts here as we dig into this, because we're, we're digging into Luke, and I think it's very, very relevant to why you may be here. Some in this building this morning are, uh, for lack of a better term, you might call yourselves unchurched. Uh, You haven't learned churchianity. I'm fine with that. Actually, I'm kind of great with that. But many that are in this category might be hesitant. There was a time maybe that you, uh, and I don't know who in this room may fall into this, but there may be a time where uh, once a year to church was like, I have been so faithful. And now if you come a few times, you're like, I am really going to church a lot. Right? I'm not making fun. Here's the reality. You've been drawn to this for reasons you can't quite put your finger on. You you wouldn't believe how many people I've talked to that haven't been in church for a while and just go, man, I just, there's some. But God has impressed on you that his church is where you ought to be, and that may be why you're sitting in this building today. For some of you, you've had a bad experience. You've had a bad church experience. Um, Whether you've been hurt or let down, insulted, ripped off, lied to, whatever it is, that you're here. Maybe you forgot a couple things, but maybe you've remembered a couple things that, number one, church is full of sinners, or as we said it earlier, idiots. In fact, it's one of the prerequisites to get in and you ought to expect it, which is why a good church experience isn't void of sinners. A good church experience isn't void of sinners, but it is full of honesty and repentance. I've been thinking about that one a lot lately. Number two, maybe you've forgotten, but you've remembered, and maybe that's why you're here. You've remembered that this is still the work of God through our King Jesus, our Savior. That's what church is. It wasn't our idea. We didn't, no, no wasn't a bunch of people that came up with church. It's Christ. It's his idea. Maybe you remembered that, and you said, I should go visit one. Maybe that's why you're here. third group of people in here might have been the ones that have done the laps, or I don't know a better way to describe this, but done the laps. You You could do church with your eyes closed. You've been going to church since you were this big. You didn't even have to think about what it looks like to go to church. And frankly, maybe that's how it's gotten. It's turned into a grin and bear it sort of reality in church. I know that some, of my, some in here are going, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. That's good. But if you are in that, case, in that place or you've fallen into that routine, I have to warn you that there are many that get in that spot and they walk away. frankly maybe the most you've enjoyed church in a long time was because of covid and it got canceled and you got to have it on your couch with your jammies on. It, I, that's not good, is it? <laughs> if the most you've enjoyed church was the week it got canceled, there's something off. Some so Jimmy Church was kind of fun. We got to all admit that, right? Not for me. Recording those messages, and trying to <laughs> having problems with technology, and oh man, I was so stressed out. Oh, I didn't like Jimmy Church. Um, some have forgotten what church was supposed to be. Maybe you used to know. Maybe you still know in your heart. Maybe you still know that in the depths of your being. But maybe it's turned into a social club or. I know, once again, I know that those have been coming here for a while. They're like, wait, people, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, believe it or not, that happens. Sometimes churches turn into social clubs, whether it's an all-inclusive club where everybody can come. You don't have to feel bad about anything. Or it's an ultra-exclusive social club, whichever one it may be, and you're completely off track. And churches become a burden to live up to. Or it's a nervous encounter each week. Will I meet the expectations? Or, if you're on the end, and somebody new comes in, you think to yourself, these people don't look quite right. I'm off with that, isn't there? That's not how church ought to be at all. But with all of you, I think, that with the craziness that's in this world, okay, this is Matt revealing his heart right here. With The craziness that's in this world today, I believe you're looking for an answer. And whether you know it or not, you may not know it. You're not looking for any more cliches. You're not looking for a nice little statement of something, not a catchphrase. Even the the thing we said earlier, our little mantra, you might have chuckled at that, but that's not really what you're looking for. And you may not even know it, but what you're looking for is a Messiah, a Savior. A Savior. Hence, the absolute amazing providence of God, I believe, that we have ventured into the gospel, according to our sweet Dr. Luke, who is reminding us who is Jesus. I'm so excited about Luke. Can I tell you that? I'm just so pumped about it. I I have enjoyed every moment of these last few weeks just going... Let me ask you a question. Okay, so I know this is a long introduction, but trust me. I try to get rid of one of these little branches of my introduction. But I need them all, okay? So just deal with it. Um, so let me ask you this. Have you ever had a story with significance, but but you didn't know the significance of the story until later? Now I tried to think of an example of this. The closest I could come to this, and I asked her, I was like, can you think of a story? I know I've heard stories like that where people are telling a story, and like later on somebody goes, Wait a minute, you were there at that time for that? What? You know what that was? And like, of the story has great significance, and, and maybe you're like, oh, I know a story like that. Closest I could get to it was, uh, I remember that Charity, when she was little, she used to go stay with her uncle, and, and, um, and I can remember being a, a kid. It's just so happened we didn't figure this out till later, that the house where her uncle was at, um, my, the next door neighbor was one of my best friends, and I used to go over there, and she can remember the weird kids next door, and I was probably one of those weird kids, now, I wish that story had a little bit more to it, like where she actually had an actual memory of like, that, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be a great introduction, wouldn't it? <laughs> like it oh, and we remember, we met, we, I don't know if we did or not, I'm sorry. I just remember the weird neighbor and and maybe there was kids over there sometimes, I don't know. I wanted one of those stories. But I have to tell you, that's what actually I believe, the story that I'm going to share with you out of Luke today is something I absolutely believe. Now, I know I'm venturing a little bit into possibility here, but I believe That what happened with Luke and how he got this story was one of those instances. Okay? So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. And in this, this story, this is a story of immense significance. Huge significance. The traditional name of this story is called the Visitation. I imagine, I don't know this. I imagine. Because I do know, here's some things I know. I know that Luke uh, interviewed eyewitnesses. I imagine in my head that Luke was probably like super pumped about the day like when he actually got to go to Jerusalem and, and he was going to meet Mary. Right? If he's been traveling with Paul, can you just imagine being this young Dr. Luke and, and trying to compose a history of Jesus, the Savior of the world, and wanting everybody to know and, like, and then like interviewing people that met him? And I just picture him in my mind like meeting different people and like along the way that we're going to meet some of these stories, imagine maybe like, wait, like hey, I know this guy and he was the guy that this happened with Jesus that, that, that Mark wrote about or that Matthew wrote about. Oh man, I got to meet that guy. I got to get the story right, right from me. I, but I imagine, if I was Luke, can you imagine how pumped you would be when you started go, hey, today's the day I schedule. I'm going to go meet Mary. Now, I... Picture in my head him getting many stories about the crucifixion. She was there. We're going to talk about those things. But this particular story, once again, I don't know this. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm a bit of a romantic when it comes to story. But in my head, I picture it happening like this. I picture Luke. He's got all his information. He's getting ready to get up. And Mary goes, oh, you know what? I got to tell you this one story. And I think that probably Mary thought to herself, she's probably told this, I mean, this story we're going to read, she's probably told it a hundred times. And in her mind, it was probably like just this thing that she remembered. Because it, it deals with her way back, and it deals with her sister, Elizabeth, and this meeting that they had. But I imagine Luke hearing that story and going, Whoa. That's huge. And Mary probably chuckled. No, Luke, wait, 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 don't you realize, and, and it's beginning to explain, this is what Mary goes, well, if you think that's pretty awesome, wait. Till, let me tell you what I said after we met. And Luke has a story that the other gospel writers haven't recorded for us. I'd like to imagine that's how it came about. Can you imagine that with me? Can we do that? I think it might help. I don't know. It's kind of a neat way to think, and there, there's some strong possibility that it could have come about this but let's venture into the story. Imagine Luke hearing this for the first time. Verse 39. Oop, let's get past that. In those days, Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now, just to refresh your memories, those that haven't been, been here, the in those days, something just happened last week, and this is talking about that, like when that happened. Okay? What just happened? Come on, those that have been here. I know there's only two of you, but that's okay. (laughs) What just happened? The angel. Okay, so so there's a couple things. I heard both of them. The angel had visited Zachariah six months earlier, at least six months earlier. May have been a little bit more than that. But since that time, the angel visited Zachariah. Zachariah has been speechless since, literally, right? Uh, And so, but but Elizabeth has conceived. She's six months along. We learned that last week. When she was in her sixth month, the angel visited uh, Mary, okay? Angel visits Mary, tells Mary, you're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit and, and give birth to a son. And, this is, and she begins to tell, his name is going to be Jesus. We talked about that last week. This follows right from that. Think about what's actually being said here. In those days, Mary rose with and went with haste into the hill country. So she was told Elizabeth was always, she wouldn't have heard that through Facebook, right? She, I mean, there's no way that she would have known this. But she gets up immediately, and the text here is emphasizing the fact that she heard this from the angel. That there's no hint that she had any doubt. What actually I believe happened is she goes, I'm gonna, i i got to go see Elizabeth. She's getting ready to have a baby. i got to go down there. And she hops on her donkey and heads down. Okay? Now, think about this. This is probably... So she was up near Nazareth, right? Where the saying at the time was, what good comes out of Nazareth? So there's Backwoods Mary up in Nazareth. Um, Down here, somewhere... we, we We actually have no idea where Zachariah and Elizabeth were at, but it was in the hill country. They were country folk. Okay? And so three... Anywhere from three to five day journey. Okay, and once again, the text is the fact that she did this immediately. That's what those words mean. That was one of the most interesting things I was reading this week when I was looking at my stack of commentaries. I was like, I mean, it was like right away. Like she left right away. And then my mind started doing some calculating. Like, wait a minute. Three to five days. Science lesson. Day three to five, Jesus might not have been out of the fallopian tube yet, assuming the conception happened immediately, three to five days. This is a photograph, Utah Fertility Center. To get an idea, think needle, pinpoint size. Day three? Day five? Now think about this for just a minute. This is not the the core focus, but this, this lays a groundwork of what Mary is telling. Think about the reality. Jesus would have been, words are important, Jesus would have been a clump of cells not even implanted in the uterus yet. For the story we're going to read. John, third trimester John, Okay. still in the womb, we're reading about the encounter of the last great prophet of the Old Testament. This is the first of the first of the first encounters of the last great prophet of the Old Testament, John, encountering the Messiah. And you want to talk about early on meeting. Early. Early. But listen to, to what... I imagine Luke hearing this, and I, I, he wouldn't have known some of those aspects, but I imagine him contemplating the reality of what is said next in this story for Mary. Notice what he says. Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, right? So imagine, Elizabeth wouldn't have known she was coming. She can call in advance. I'm 30 minutes away, right? Um, Mary's walking up. Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the baby, the forerunner of the Messiah. gets close to the Messiah and it leaps in the womb. John the Baptist. No, no, wait. Not that big of a deal yet. Babies do that, right? Those of you who had babies, you, they, they do that kind of thing, right? Sometimes you think they're running marathons in there. I don't know. I remember my kids when they like feeling that. But listen to what is said next. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So what she says next, Luke is identifying for us that what is said next. Is of great significance. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, which I don't want you to think is just. Which, although um, I have seen some pregnant women meet other pregnant women, and it does sound like this sometimes. Ah! Okay, so, but I don't think that's what was happening. What was happening, though, is that like this exclamation could be uh, translated a proclamation. So Elizabeth. Luke wants us to know, great Dr. Luke, he wants us to know. Elizabeth made a proclamation under the inspiration of the Spirit, and Luke is sharing it with us through the inspiration of the Spirit recorded in this text for us to read. Listen to what he says. She exclaims with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. What does she say? She says, You are blessed, you're favored, Mary, Mary, and this child, that's what fruit of the womb is, a Hebrew saying for your, your unborn child. The fruit of your womb is blessed. This child. Now, listen to this continued proclamation. And why, she says, is this granted to me that the mother, not the mother-to-be, but the mother of my Lord should come to me. Elizabeth, who I think ought to be excited about her her own pregnancy, is just ecstatic at the bigger picture, the bigger reality of what's happening in front of her. For behold, still under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, Elizabeth speaks. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, The baby in my womb leaped because of indigestion? No. Leaped for joy. The forerunner. This is the fulfillment of chapter 1, verse 15, where the angel told Zechariah this baby would have the Spirit of God in him before it while he's still in the womb. John in the womb is the forerunner. One of the commentaries I read said, John has seen his uh, beginning, his forerunner ministry by his response right here. Maximus of Turin, I have no idea who this guy is, but he's quoted, he's an ancient uh, church writer from just a few hundred years after uh, Christ was here. He wrote this, he said, not yet born already, John prophesies and while still in the womb confesses the coming of Christ. Joy. I think that Mary had probably told this story a hundred times, and Luke heard it and went, Do you know what just what, what actually happened? The forerunner proclaimed from the womb. Messiah is here, and he did it with joy. Oh my goodness. Closes this by saying this last element. Elizabeth says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I believe we have here a glimpse. Not only was Christ an embryonic stage, I believe we have a glimpse of the church, God's people, an embryonic stage. And the spectrum, or Elizabeth, have been waiting for a promise? Young Mary believing it? It's interesting that this is phrased the way it is, who believe that there would be a fulfillment. How much has been fulfilled yet? Four four to eight cells? But Mary's already believing it? And Elizabeth says what? You're you're blessed, the blessing, this this favorite of God is, is wrapped up in the fact that you believe the fulfillment of the promise. was this much fulfilled at that point. How much more so have we seen fulfilled of Christ? Let me give you a few points of what I think we see a picture of God's people in this chance, not chance meeting, in this meeting of these two sisters in the embryonic form of God's people, the church. Number one, I think we see this, just a spectrum of people, right? I, I love the fact, by the way, that it's it's a couple of women. My mom used to always remind me of these stories of different great revivals that started with like two old ladies praying in the basement. If you want to know who that is, ask her, she knows. There's there's all kinds of stories through scriptures of, of God moving in the hearts of people and just looking at the fulfillment of the promise of praying. And being thankful and grateful and just think, "I just we believe God is going to fulfill, and it may only be that much at that point, but their faith blossoms the way it does in the story of Luke. Number two, I think we see in this embryonic form of God's people, we see faith in God's promise and word seen through both Mary and Elizabeth, but professed by Elizabeth here. Blessed is the one who believed. Mary heard, God told her, she believed, and she's blessed. Number three, a realization that blessing is grounded in God's bringing his promises to completion, even in that small phase, still there. I think of this guy, there's this guy at work I know, his name is John Greenhall. And um, every time I mentioned him before for this particular reason, I, I, I love the fact the first time he did it, I was a little unnerved. But uh, I, he's the kind of guy you go, hey, how you doing? Every time to every, every time you ask him, how you doing every single time. He stops whatever he's doing. Looks you dead in the eye, which is the part that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> looks you dead in the eye. I mean, the first, I mean, normally you go, hey, how you doing? are like, oh, good, hey, how are you? And they, the people keep walking, you know, not John Greenhall. Hey, how you doing? He stops everything and goes, blessed. I love that, I love that. I want to adopt that, but I always forget because I'm usually in a hurry. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot, though, so it's okay. But the blessing for these first examples of God's new covenant people The blessing founded in belief that God would do what he promised. It was already being fulfilled. They just believed it. I love that she immediately went to see Elizabeth, not for reassurance. There's no hint of that in the text. But just I think she just went to see it. Like, I got to see it. I want to see it. It's being fulfilled. I don't think there was doubt at all. There's nothing in the text to think that Mary had a shred of doubt that she would get down there and Elizabeth wouldn't be. I mean, no, she just went you got to see it. Plus, she, it's her older sister. She ends up staying for another three months, but the, if you start doing the math, it's probably she stayed till John was born. Maybe a little bit after, depending on how we, we figure exactly when she got there and all those things. Um, I think we also... Uh, little, last little thing here. I have to say, everything for church is pictured in this little meeting. Okay, everything you need for church is pictured in this little meeting. You got Jesus shows up. You got the preacher jumping for joy. I would do that for you, but I wouldn't stick the landing. <laughs> and you have those in faith look at each other and go, you're blessed. There it is. Jesus showing up, somebody's going yippee, and then everybody else going, man, we are so blessed. That's church right there. And I think Luke, I think Luke was like, oh my goodness, Mary, how long have you been keeping this story in? she goes, got oh, you know. I think Luke was like, no, that is significant. And here we are, two thousand years later reading about embryonic Jesus and trimester John in their first meeting and the a jump of joy and two women just gone We're blessed they're so blessed my god there, there's such hardship that Mary's going to face some she has no idea she doesn't know yet. Standing at a foot of a cross, watching her Savior die, but more than that, you can't help but think: watching her boy suffer. She's still blessed and humbly accepts. God, okay. give me what you need. Give me. I'll do what. I'll play the role that you give me to play of it says you're blessed for just believing. And then we have the beginnings of what church would be. I hope you think about that this week. And if you if you've added things to what you think church ought to be, could we trim those off, slice them away? And let's stick Jesus showing up. I'll work on my jump of joy. I want you guys to work at looking each other in the eye and just saying, we are blessed. We've heard what God is going to do and what he's doing and what he's done. We're just blessed. We just believe it. We're blessed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, so much, so very much for Luke capturing this story. I thank you that Mary remembered it and, and, and Luke wrote it and, and, and we get to read it. And, and, and Lord, I thank you for, for just allowing us to see it. I thank you that John leapt for joy in his mother's womb. Thank you that Jesus showed up that he entered his world. Pray, God, that you would help us be able to just look at each other and know we are blessed favored by God that we've seen what he's promised and we're believing he'll fulfill it I ask these things now in Christ's name Amen